Hi, this is Lindsay at Fuller Hospital, coming to you with Exploring Mental Illness, Everything You Wanted to Know But Were Too Afraid to Ask. So I am here today with Nancy Durkin and Julie Menton, both from South Bay. Uh, we're here today to talk about grief a little bit, but first I'd like to do a little introduction. Nancy, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure, I'd be delighted. I'm Nancy Durkin, and I am the clinic supervisor here for South Bay. Um, we cover the Attleboro area, this office that I'm in. Um, and you know, we provide outpatient mental health services to children and adults, ages little guys to 90-year-olds. Um, and we are available um, as needed. Julie, do you want to pick up? I'm um, sure. Um, I'm Julie Minton, and I work at South Bay, and my specialty is grief and trauma. I've been working there for about 14 years. Um, I have about 25 years in the business. Oh, great. Very happy to have you both here with me today. Julie, thank you so much for joining us. Um, so as we said, we're going to talk about grief today, um, grief in general, but um, we will get into a little bit as well about you know how grief can can affect um, most of us or a lot of us around the holidays. Um, so Julie, can you tell me first just some sort of um, basic factors that influence grief or how we sort of describe grief? What do we think of when we think of grief? Okay. When we think of grief, it's, you know, we've lost someone that we've loved and we've had a connection with that person. Um, so we, if you could picture them like a circle, okay? And when you picture the circle, you draw a line down and you give half of yourself away to a person when you get into a relationship with them. So when you get into that relationship, you start to give things to each other. So you have certain things that you need fulfilled, they need have certain things that they need fulfilled. And you are able to fulfill them and you feel whole and you feel complete. When grief happens, we have, now we don't have that half of the circle. We still have that part of ourselves, but we, we are losing that part of that circle. And now the holes that were filled, that we needed filled, are now starting to open up again. So we start to feel a hollowness. We start to feel um, sad. We start to feel, you know, when we want to give something to someone, we're no longer able to do that. So we're feeling unfulfilled in our lives, and we're feeling that there's something missing. So that's the description of grief. Okay, so we touched a little bit on some sort of normal or natural responses, feeling hollow, as well as, you know, I think feeling like things that we want to give to other people or we wanted to give to that person now we no longer can. Um, are there any other sort of normal or natural responses to grief that you can give us? Sure. I mean, natural responses to grief, you know, you're going to feel some anger that the person is gone. You're going to feel some guilt. You're going to feel obviously sadness where you're going to be crying a lot. Um, there's, been, there's a lot of things that will happen where you are feeling confused. When someone first dies, you know, we have routines that we have. And when the routines are changed, so every morning you, when you get up, I had, a, I had a, a client who was a twin. And every morning, her brother would make coffee for her in the morning. Um, and she would wake up to the smell of coffee, okay? So when he passed, she was still smelling coffee as part of her routine in her brain, but then she would get up with the expectation that he would be down there. And it took a while for her to be able to like come to terms with the fact that he's really not there. So there's some confusion. Um, 
is also some denial initially. You know, we don't want to we don't want to believe the person is gone, and we want to hold on to that. So sometimes we try to avoid. Sometimes we isolate. Sometimes we will talk nonstop about the person. All of those are really normal reactions to grief. Okay, well that's um, super sad and it's heartbreaking to hear a story like that. Um, but like I said, I know that many of us, um, myself included, have gone through situations like that. Um, so can you give us some, um, you know, good coping strategies or um, sort of good ways to navigate that grief? healthy coping strategies and healthy ways to navigate that grief? Sure. The first thing is to realize that everybody is going to express grief differently. So if you're in a family where you've had a loss, one person might cry all the time, one person might isolate, one person might be angry all the time. That's how they're expressing their grief. So we really need to honor each other's different way of grieving. You also want to be able to cry. You don't want to not um, to hold in your emotions because you need to get them out. And it's okay to cry during the holidays, whether it's been a month or whether it's been 10 years and you're grieving through the holidays. It's okay to cry during this time because when you start to hold in those, those difficult emotions, the negative emotions, you've got to start to have some somatic complaints, which indicates you're going to have stomach aches, headaches, you can develop ulcers. You can have all that type of stuff if you try to keep it inside you. So you want to be able to let it out. You also want to be able to talk as much as you can to somebody about what you're feeling. That's the most important thing. And if you can't talk to someone, what you can do is journal. Um, and I, I recommend that to most of my clients because it's very easy. And in a journal, you know, when we when we picture journals, a lot of my clients are like, well, I can't write and I can't spell. It has nothing to do with that. It has to get it's to getting the emotions out. So you write them out and you, you do it in whatever way you can. I mean, if you want to draw, if you want to scribble, if you want to write one word over and over again, it's okay because you're getting out that feeling inside of you. So journaling is, is a great way to do things. Um, the other thing is, you know, do distracting activities for yourself, okay? Figure out ways that you can enjoy certain things even through your grief. So, you know, maybe you like to knit or whatever. You, so you get into doing the knitting and stuff like that to keep your mind off of things. Um, so those are some okay. of the ways. Okay. Um, just uh, maybe something that might help you with some of your clients um, and talking to them about the journal thing. If they, um, you know, bring that to you that, you know, they can't spell or they can't write or they... Um, don't know how to how to put that down in a journal. Um, something that I do with my phone. Actually, I use the notes function in my phone for my own journaling, and I press the little microphone button, and I can just talk to my phone, and it records it all. Um, you know, writes it all out for me, so I don't have to worry about the spelling or grammar or any of that. Um, just a train of thought journaling, right? So, um, just something there. Um, you did touch a little bit on um, sort of how how the rest of us are, how we can help each other um, get through grief. Um, when you talked about um, honoring individual ways of grieving um, and that it's okay to cry. I mean, it's sort of that it's okay for all of us to grieve in our own ways. Um, are there any other ways that you can tell us to, um, ways that we can help friends, family, coworkers, et cetera, that may be going through grief and particularly experiencing grief around the holidays? 
I think the biggest thing you can do to help other people is just to listen. Because people in grief just need to kind of talk the stuff through over and over again. So listening to them is fine. Um, if they're looking for distracting activities, maybe you can offer things for them to do or go out with them. Uh, I think, like I said, I think just listening is the best way in the world to help someone else. Um, and also help them do self-care. I mean, people neglect their self-care. So to remind them about that um, and the different ways to do the self-care, you know, it's a, it's things like making sure that you're eating right, making sure that you're sleeping, making sure that, you know, you are getting yourself on some type of a schedule, that you're not just laying in bed, you're not just being unable to move. So maybe calling them and saying, hey, how can I help you with this, you know, what did you eat today? Those types of things are going to help. Okay. And are there certain things that you've come across that people tend to do or say to people that are grieving that are not helpful? Um, a lot of times people will say, I know how you feel. I mean, we've all been through grief, or most people have been through grief. <laughs> but we tend to forget it. We tend to forget how painful the grief was at the time. So when you say to someone, I know how you feel, they're having a different experience than we would have in, in grief. So it's it's actually not a true statement. And sometimes when people are angry in grief, this will trigger the anger and it will make them very upset. So I would avoid trying to say things like that. It's more like, how can I help you? As opposed to giving like statements of it'll be better or you'll feel better in a few months. You know, that's not necessarily the case. As I said, people grieve differently. So some people, you know, it could be a year or more before they're feeling a little bit better. Some people within like three months or four months are able to feel better. All right. Great. Um, Nancy, do you have any input, any oh, questions? Oh, of course I do. Of course <laughs> what can you give me, Nancy? Uh, okay. Um, I think I think Julie made a, 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 let's take it from the, let me start with, the person who is out there grieving right now. Um, it's really hard to recognize that grief is normal um, because we have so many um, societal pressures on us to get it together, to be uh, okay um, as quickly as possible. Um, and that and again, your um, your path through grief is going to be unique to you as the individual. Um, one analogy that I heard a couple of years ago, more than a couple of years ago now, is that grief is like a river that's just going to flow through your life for the rest of your life. Um, and Sometimes it feels like you're riding on the rapids, like the grief suddenly comes overwhelming. Um, and other times it's sort of calm and you can just sort of float along with it. Um, the holidays do offer an opportunity for grief to research. Um, and, you know, I think the pressure uh, is out there to not fall apart and to try to hold it together. Um, but to recognize that your your river of grief is unique to you, and that if it gets to the 
going when it feels too overwhelming. That there are um, counseling services out there so that you can go and talk to somebody. There are grief support groups. Um, Julie, I know you've done some. Yeah. Um, it, that it's okay and that those would be the places where it's really safe to really explore what your grief is all about and just feel the full range of it. For the, for the others who are out there who are witnessing somebody grieving, um, yeah, the worst thing you can say to a grieving person is, oh, I know what you're going through because that's just wrong. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, oh, you're going to feel better. Or, or the one that, um, that used to bother me the most was, um, well, they're in a better place. We, we don't know that. <laughs> right. Well, and you never know if, if the person you're talking to believes that or not. So. Right. Exactly. You know, it's like we haven't gotten a postcard from the other side saying, oh, this is what it's like. Um, so that, that used to bother me tremendously. Um, and um, there, there was another one that used to bother me a, a whole bunch of, um, you know, uh, I can't remember it now, but the, the, oh, they're in a better place. Just, mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Um, and, and sometimes we just don't know what to say. Sometimes we just don't know what to say. And that's an okay thing to say. You know, I I don't know what to say to comfort you right now, um, but I want you to know that I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of you and I'm available. And only say it if you're comfortable. If you're not comfortable being with somebody while they're in a grieving process, it's also okay to say, I have a lot of difficulty handling this, and I'm really sorry that you're experiencing this, but it's really hard for me to handle. Um, and just put that out there for the other person. One of the things that I've noticed when I've gone through a, a heavy grieving period is that I almost, especially in the early stages where the death has just recently happened, it's like everything and everybody is crystal clear for me. So I can almost sense when somebody is being genuine with me or when they're kind of like, eh, kind of not telling me the full truth or whatever. It's like everything gets crystal clear in those moments. Um, so just being honest with the person who's grieving. And sometimes, especially depending on the relationship, the person who is grieving can't necessarily say, you know, it's so common. We all say this, myself included, and, and I'm, I'm at fault for them. Just let me know what you need me to do and I'll do it. The person who is grieving can't come up with the list of stuff. Um, so better to say, gee, if it's okay with you, I'd like to come over and do your laundry this week. You know, just pile it up. I'll come in. I'll do the laundry. Or if it's okay with you, I'm just going to run to the grocery store and I'm going to pick up a few things and I'm going to grab you some milk or coffee, whatever you know, like they, 
potentially me. So you almost have to do, again, this is to support the person who's grieving. You almost have to do the thinking for them and say, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to come and I'm going to back you, or I'm going to break the leaves, or I'm going to shovel the walk for you. Um, so those, those were some of my thoughts um, around this. Were there other ideas, Julie, that you came up with that you wanted to, or I, concepts you wanted to share? Um, I, I agree with all the stuff that you were talking about, all the things that, uh, things to say. I totally agree with that. And I, I absolutely think that what you were saying was right about the, um, about doing things for people and telling them what you can do as opposed to that, because they can't. One of the other things that I wanted to bring up though, is that you can have periods where you go to see someone where they may not want to talk at all. They just may want your presence next to them. And that's perfectly okay too. Sometimes it's really awkward for the person who's trying to help because you know, you, you're trying to, we all want to be fixers. Okay. So we want to go in there and try and fix things and make people happier and things like that. But we end up having to sit in silence with someone. And sometimes that's just as soothing as talking to them. And they kind of need to put their thoughts together or they kind of need just to sit there and hold your hand sometimes and let their emotions out. And, and that's funny too. Yeah. And you have to be comfortable sitting in silence, you know, so be prepared for that, you know, yep. and, and that can be the greatest gift of all time. Just being able to sit with somebody and be quiet whether they cry or they just sit. Mm -hmm. All right. Around the holidays, there are services that are out there. Um, oh, I just blanked out of it. It's like blue, blue services, um, uh, blue Christmas, blue Christmas services. Um, so if in fact you have a particular a Christian belief system, you can do a search um, if you are the person who is grieving or you want to find a way to remember your loved one um, during the holiday season, just do a search for a blue Christmas service. Um, it could be a Catholic church, it could be a Episcopalian church. They're around and they usually hold them during December. And it's just an opportunity to have a holiday-like religious ceremony um, for people who, who have lost and it's called the Blue Christmas service. Um, there was another thought that I had out there for people who are grieving or just that, you know, and, and you, it could be 20 years. Oh, that's what my other comment was going to be. It's not necessarily a person that you've lost. It could be a pet also that you were very strongly attached to. Sometimes we tend to minimize that. Um, you know, oh, your dog died. That dog may have been the most important being that you've ever known. Um, and I think, the, you know, there's also the difficulty of the fact that, I hate the fact that I have to say that there's a pandemic, but there's a pandemic. And there's been a lot of losses. Um, 
not only of people who have died, um, but loss of job, loss of feeling normal or understanding what normal is, um, and that there's a, a little bit of grieving that's going on there. Again, that's okay. And that there are supports out there um, and resources like Fuller, like South Bay. Um, and we're more than willing to, you know, talk on the phone, provide additional resources. So for those of you who are listening, don't hesitate to call us. Well, thank you both so very much. All this um, great information. And again, I, like I said, particularly around the holidays and like Nancy discussed as well, particularly around the holidays, it can be um, tough to not have um, friends, family, anybody that we may have lost that we had spent holidays with in the past um, and the, you know, repeating annual holidays, not having them there um, can be particularly tough. So definitely if you're out there and you're listening and um, you need help, friends, family, you know, need help, reach out. Um, there are lots of resources. Um, Nancy and, and Julie, both at South Bay, um, myself here at Fuller, um, give us a call. Do you holiday tips for people? All right. Um, so when you go up through the holiday, it's always people are trying to get you out and about, okay? Because they want you to feel happy. They want you to get you back into mm -hmm. life. But sometimes life is too difficult to get into. So some of the tips, you know, you'll be invited to a lot of parties, okay? You might want to go to some of them. So, but then you might feel like when you get there, you don't want to stay. So what you do with that is you say, okay, I'm, I'm, I accept the invitation, but I have another obligation. So I can stay there. So give yourself an amount of time that you stay there, whether it's a half hour, whether it's an hour, whatever the time is, and you go. Okay, so now you find that you're having a difficult time. You know you can leave within the half hour and you'll be fine. But if you decide that you really are enjoying yourself and staying there, then you can pretend that you got it, uh, your, your other obligation was canceled and you can stay longer. So you're able to get out and get about it. Um, the other thing is learn to say no to people, okay? People during the holidays are like, oh, let's keep you busy. So they'll call you and say, can you drive me here to get Christmas presents? Or can we go out to lunch today? Or can we do this? If you don't feel that you're up for it, learn to say no and be okay with it. Don't feel guilty about it. It's all right. Um, and then when you are, what you need to do during the holidays is give yourself extreme self-care, um, which would include things like pampering yourself. Uh, so take, take long bubble baths, okay? Do soothing things, do things with, you know, get, get chocolate that you like, pamper yourself, eat a piece of chocolate and feel what it tastes like. Take that bath and feel and relax in the bath. Read a good book. If you haven't had time to read a good book, take time for yourself and just do things that are going to be soothing to you, comforting to you. And if you know that there are going to be people around that you have conflict with or family members who you constantly fight with, you don't have to be obligated to be around them. So those, those are some of the tips that are there. Um, and the other thing that I wanted to bring up was that we would, in order to honor people at different things. So people sometimes want to honor their loved ones. So there's different things that you can do as well with that. 
um, you can get a candle and put a candle in a room with you to represent the person who's gone. And when you're, you know, if you have a dinner, you can put it on the dinner table. When you go into the living room, you put it on a mantelpiece so that their presence is always there. Um, I also had one family that decided to, um, when their grandmother died, she made the best mac and cheese in the world. And they all decided that as families, different the families and the, 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 um, the, the individual people in the family were going to make a macaroni and cheese dinner and they all had to bring it. And then they had to say, well, who was the closest to the grandmother? And then the final thing is if people are okay with it, um, I tell people take a, a little basket, put a bunch of things in there. Like, you know, the funniest story you have of the person, the craziest outfit they wore. It has to be happy light stuff. And then if everybody's okay with it, during your sit down part in the living room or whatever, you pull it out, you bring it up, you talk about the story. There's going to be tears, but there's also going to be really good memories that come with that. And that's the type of stuff you, you, you know, you want to eventually get from, I'm sad because they died, because what usually happens is you see people in the last time you saw them, whether it was at the hospital, whether they were looking very ill, or whether it was at the funeral. Um, and what you want to do is change those memories to the really happy memories so that they're honored and that they're, you can always remember them with a smile as opposed to not being, you know, as opposed to being sad. There's some really great, great ideas. Thank you, Julie. Sure. Thank you so much for joining us. That's it for today's episode of Exploring Mental Illness, Everything You Wanted to Know But Were Too Afraid to Ask. If you or anyone you know needs help, please reach out. There's a lot of help available out there. Don't be afraid to ask. This is Lindsay signing off.